Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome to this episode of the show. We're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, Piranha 3 Double D, directed by John Gulliger from 2012. Uh, we are not going to be joined by the Gould Geek Keith tonight because he had a very long day. We're giving him a little bit of a break. Uh, we are going to be joined by the Dean, but he dropped off. So if you're listening live, you're not hearing this. You all just have to listen to the recorded episode. So it's just me and the med monkey as of right now until uh, Dean calls back in. But uh, it will be recorded. So we'll just have to see how this goes. So, uh, monkey, how you doing out there? Oh, yes, King. Hey there, Fright fans, all hounds, and gold geeks. It is once again talking terror time, baby. Your favorite time of the week when we, your demonic DJs are dread, are coming in your ears live with the latest hard news and always unique movie reviews. But we all know how much you love us, baby. We all know. But him, we all know that you like and subscribe to Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram. But did you know you can also message Talking Terror Instagram page to find out that you can be a Contributing member of the Talking Terror family. So reach out today and show us the love, baby. Now on with the podcast. What is up, my friend family? What's up, King? It's just being you right now, is it? <laughs> no. No. All right. Uh, yeah, we got out. No. <laughs> we got the name. You didn't call in his host, buddy. <laughs> you have to call back in his host, not as a guest. Yeah. Okay, let me call <laughs> back in then. Fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep talking. We'll keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep in ah. Wow, can't wait to see how this turns out. Oh boy. <laughs> I it, it's it's complicated, folks. You know, when we lose the ghoul, we lose everything. So, you know, he is the, the host general when it comes to the show. Knows what to do, knows how to do it. You know, but unfortunately the the dean having to do it, he's in a rough spot, patchy with the phone. Oh, so it's going to be one of those recorded episodes where we don't know if anybody's listening to this or hearing it, but hopefully <laughs> somebody will tell us, like our listeners out there, like T.A., will be like, I didn't hear anything for like an hour. And then all of a sudden you guys came back on. That's great. Loyalty listener right there. <laughs> so while we uh, figure this out with the Dean and getting back in as host, uh, is there anything you wanted to talk about, uh, Monkey? Anything you've been watching, anything you've been reading, anything you kind of want to tell the audience about? <laughs> oh, wow. Put me on the spot. Uh, yeah. Actually, um, I just recently finished reading this really, really awesome book called Future Nor, The History of Blade Runner. It was this very, very deep dive into the behind-the-scenes of Blade Runner. I know you have not seen it, King, but it is no. out there. It is it, it is a filmmaking masterpiece and it's just all the things that they go into the super super deep dives like i thought i was a fan of this film until i read this book and i was like 
I don't know shit, man. <laughs> it's just, there, there is so much that it covers. Uh, so, so much so that like found out like you know silly shit like that. There's actually a model of the Millennium Falcon hidden in the movie unintentionally, but well, it's there. You know, and, <laughs> so other stuff like that. And then after I finished that, I went ahead and rewatched Blade Runner: The Final Cut, which is supposed to be the cut that really Scott swears by. You know, he says this is. His 100% approved cut, and after reading this entire book and then going into this, like I went in with brand new eyes, man. Like the, the like the entire movie just reopened up for me. Like I was watching it for the very first time, and it's just you know, yeah. So if you are a fan of Blade Runner, definitely, definitely check out this book, and then go back and watch the final cut. And it will definitely mess with your mind of just how deep of a dive this movie can be. Yeah, so, yeah. It was really, really awesome to sit there and do that. Well, that's awesome. Uh, the Dean did come back as host, but then he dropped again uh, because he's obviously in the spotty area. So I just let him know to call back in. Uh, we are still on air. We're still live. So we're still rolling. <laughs> so uh, we're still going to keep on going with this fun. Oh, there he is. Okay, Dean, are you back with us? Uh, I'm back if you can hear me. Yes. Yep. Can you hear us? <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it might be one of those things, Dean. You might just have to keep calling in if you get dropped. But we can hear you loud and clear, baby. So very good. All right. That. Well, good uh, that you can hear me loud and clear. And for our very loyal audience, there he goes. Take a brief moment to apologize for these technical They happen. Exactly. And they happen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well said. Couldn't have said it any better myself, sir. So, yeah. So, it'll happen. We're still alive. We're still rolling. So if you get kicked off again, you can just call back in and we're going to keep it going. It only affects live listeners. And as you know, we don't have any live listeners. Nobody listens to us live. Well, well <laughs> we, we, we got my mama. Come <laughs> on, we don't listen live. Mama. She even told me that. She's like, bitch, I don't listen live. She's like, I listen to that on Saturdays. Saturdays, mama time. And I was like, oh, that's right. Sorry about that. She's like, you won't forgive it. <laughs> When Mama Monkey had the nails along getting this shit done, she's listening to us bullshit. See, listen to my baby Monkey talking about these horror movies. I don't know why she's Dusty Rose all of a sudden, but still. <laughs> oh, yeah, listen to my baby talk about some horror movies on the Talking Terror podcast. Let me get my hair all done, going to big one. Oh, my baby, my baby's talking about some gore. <laughs> my baby loves that bloody mess. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, my baby, he loves his movies, bloody baby. You know how he does. <laughs> I love the video. Mrs. Monkey has fucking Dusty Rhodes sitting in the salon. Why did you get the toes, baby, while listening to my baby boy talk about Piranha 3 double B? It's got the boobies, it's got the fish, it's got everything, baby. Oh, yeah. Come over here, Daddy, listen to my son talk about this little piss getting ripped off. It's quality entertainment. <laughs> so with the Dean still being here, uh, let's talk about some horror news. And if you drop again, we have some stuff we can talk about in the interim. So uh, what are we talking about horror news-wise tonight, Dean? Oh, what are we talking about horror news tonight, King? Well, the first thing 
uh, as I am currently, as I've said, entrenched in the realm of the Walking Dead, Dead City, and we know that coming <laughs> was, this fall, uh, probably. I was only gonna say this this week on talk this week on the Walking Dead. <laughs> well, well. Yeah. Monkey, I'm here to report the news as I see it out there in the world, and that's what I'm here to do right now. So I'm going to carry on with my story. Uh, we know that we we know that in the fall, uh, most likely in October, we will see The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, taking place in France or Europe of, or something. And then it was announced uh, that the Rick and Michonne uh, spinoff. Uh, limited series, which apparently is only going to be six episodes long, uh, hmm. you know, like a closed, like like a closed. It's going to be like a closed loop. Like I believe that will be the. I I'm not certain, but I believe that those six episodes will be it for their their story. Um, it seems okay. that the the Maggie Negan slash Daryl Dixon, maybe depending on factors, has legs beyond these current seasons that are aired. Uh, one airing and about to air in the fall, uh, but it's been re- it's been said that uh, that it is a a limited series that's six episodes for uh, Rick and Michonne, and uh, it has had a rumored title, but it's been announced that the official title very simply is called The Walking Dead: uh, Rick and Michonne, and that it will be airing sometime uh, in 2024. Uh, my prediction would be October, but. Uh, as of now, it just says sometime in 2024. Hmm. Wasn't there supposed to be like Rick Grimes movies too? Like didn't at one point there so was like two Rick Grimes movies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, your 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 information is close. But what what happened was after after uh, Andrew Lincoln and his character of Rick Grimes, of course, uh, left the show in season nine. Uh, under mysterious circumstances in the helicopter and everything. Yes, it was reported that uh, Andrew Lincoln, as Rick Grimes, was going to star in not one, uh, not two, but three uh, feature-length Ooh, films. Three. And mm-hmm. I think what happened there is that COVID kind of killed all of that. And mm. I think the story uh, that is going to be told in these episodes is basically what the story would have been in those three movies. Now, figure an hour for each episode, we're talking two, four, six hours, like a suitable running time for three uh, three movies. Uh, so, uh, you know, that it appears to be uh, what will take place. But yeah, those, those movies, those, uh, the, the big screen movies are, are not happening. Uh, that was scrapped Indeed. quite some time back. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up because I remember they were talking about movies. But, you know, six episodes, you could just tie it up. Sounds like that's what you're trying yeah. to do. Just end that chapter of Rick and yeah. Michonne completely and just move on. So, excited. Yes. All right. So, what's yes, next? Yes. What are you talking about? Uh, next, uh, starting in London. On November 17th is the the stage show, uh, Stranger Things, uh, the first <laughs> shadow, uh, and that's going to run from November of uh, November 17th through August of 2024. And apparently, uh, what's being teased for this stage performance is that uh, this stage show and the plot of the stage show stage show could potentially hold the key 
to answers about the future of Stranger Things as a franchise. The It's long under lock and key that the upcoming fifth season will be the final season of the main show, but there has also been different spinoff rumors and such, uh, you know, over the years, um, with nothing, of course, being announced. But apparently this Stranger Things uh, shadow, uh, first shadow stage show might shed light on some of that. And is this officially tied to to Needful Things, or is this someone doing an independent Stranger project? Things. I don't know anything about Needful Things. things. I'm talking about Stranger Things. Sorry. Yeah, this is the Duffer Duffer Brothers. The Duffer Brothers are involved in in it. It's like official. It's official. It's a real deal. It's legit. Only in London, though. Nothing in the U.S. So if you're interested, you've got to fly over to the U.K. and check it out and report back. (laughs) I will not be going to London. No, either why, you know, about the same time, you know. At this point, the kids are going to be in their 40s, and it's going to be taking place in, like, Y2K, you know, season five. It's the millennium. Well, they're all, like, 25 years old now. They're not teenagers, but who knows when season five No, and, and as I, uh, you know, as, as we had uh, even talked about, by the, by the end of season four, uh, they were doing so much camera trickery to try and like mm-hmm. hide how tall uh, some of the kids have gotten and make them still appear younger. Like the amount of growth that has happened in all of those characters, uh, you know, you might not even realize it, but if you go back and look at a clip from season one and then look at a clip from like the end of season four, like the transformation is, is, is huge. So, uh, you know, oh, I know yeah. that there's apparently going to be a time jump in between season four and season five. Uh, because that would the only way to feasibly do it, given uh, you know how long this show has been been out there in existence and the story that they're trying to tell, which I do think also has led to uh, wrapping this up with the final the final fifth season. But uh, you know, obviously, in this portion of our program, if any word were to come down the line about potential spinoffs, you know, I would be here to to share that information with all of you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And plus, like you said, like Lucas. From the previous season to the current one that just aired, he like he was like seven feet tall playing basketball. Like so, yep. he has a gigantic fucking uh, growth spurt. So as he's just towering over everybody, he's like, "What's up, guys? Damn!" Like, so you you kind of try to do something with that. But, <laughs> you, know, you know, it was just cool. Just you know, bring back Eddie Munson. That's all I want. Season five. Find a way, guys. <laughs> Best part of that season. But. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more news as it comes across the Dean's desk. Uh, but what's next, Dean? What are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, I have two items uh, to share in, in the realm of the Alien universe, the first of which is that uh, the Alien film uh, from Fetty Alvarez uh, has wrapped uh, production hmm. on the upcoming film from Momentum and 20th Century Studios uh, has wrapped. As we know, this was supposed to be uh, a, a Hulu exclusive, but similar to what happened with the recent Evil Dead film, uh, they're now giving this Alien film a theatrical release, and you'll be able to sit down in your local theater and check it out on August 16th of 2024, uh, so a little over a year away. Uh, but production uh, it has completed. Uh, production, uh, production is over, so uh, now... 
Now, if this is something that you've been waiting for, you just have to wait longer. Well, a little while longer. You know, it's worth the wait. But even like uh, Ghostbusters, that movie wrapped this week as well, according to Ernie Hudson, but he said there might be a delay in that release as well. So it was supposed to be slated for December, but there might be a delay. So it might be 2024 before we can get to see uh, the new Ghostbusters. But I didn't hear anything. Yeah, I'm not saying that this Alien film is delayed. That's just what the release date has been, um, you know. So, uh, hmm. you know, it looks like they're banking on some late summer uh, fireworks in the in the world of the movie theater, and we'll see what happens. I didn't hear about a, a ghost, a potential. I didn't hear about a potential uh, Ghostbusters delay. I have not heard anything about that. I just heard about it earlier because I saw there was an interview with Ernie Hudson where he was talking about how they wrap filming and it's all done in the can, but there could be a possible delay. But we talked about in the show previously, like they were aiming for a December 2023 release, but they haven't even started filming yet. And we talk about editing, talking about promotional tools. It's like, that's, that's a quick time yeah. to film it and yeah. then get it out in the theater in December. So I wouldn't be surprised if it got delayed until 2024 because it's a short period of time, you know? And plus, there might be, need to be reshoots, you know, so you never know. But either way, it's, plus, it's plus all the stuff that. you got to do in post, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. everything you got to do in post. I mean, and we're we already got, in July. And, we, and then we got, we, you know, we, we got to get the, the cereal boxes ready. We got to get the action figures ready. You know, there, there's a lot of shit you got to get in line before you can get this movie out, man. <laughs> well, exactly. That's that's, like I said, we're in July. Half to halfway to December, so I mean, we should be seeing teasers by like August if it's going to be released in December. And I don't even think they're probably going to do that. So we'll see. I mean, I'm just excited to get another Ghostbusters movie. But you know, if I could find any more news about that, I'll put up on the Talking Terror Facebook page. But anyway, Dean, what else are we talking about? The second item in the Alien universe is that mm-hmm. concurrently the Wally series for FX on Hulu uh, is also still a go. Uh, and some information about this series has come out. One, uh, that uh, different from other films in the long-running Alien saga, this series is going to be set on Earth. Uh, it is going <clears throat> to be set decades before uh, a couple of de- it's going to be set a couple of decades before the first film, uh, taking place near the end of the century. So that means probably like in the sometime in the 2090s, uh, based on the timeline. Yeah. He puts it somewhere in beneath, uh, in between uh, Prometheus and Covenant. Uh, mm-hmm. There will be no Ripley character, of course, because she would have only been a little kid in that time frame, um, and that the Wayland. Utani Corporation uh, will play a significant role uh, in this series as well. So, uh, you know, the Noah Hawley Alien series also uh, is is happening. No I completely forgot about that one. On that yeah, I completely forgot about that one. I forgot that there was a series coming out about aliens. So, <laughs> that's how much information is coming out about that project. But. Either way, I mean, hopefully it's good. I mean, yeah, I forgot. I, I spaced on that until you brought it up. I was like, oh, that's right. Noah Hawley's been doing He it, yeah. forgot. Well, I mean, if you're not getting information, how are you going to know? Somebody's got to feed us that good, sweet news, and you always do. So that's why we appreciate you doing this segment of the show. You let us know. 
Got to keep us informed. <laughs> All right. So what's next thing? What are we talking about? Robert Eggers has said that his remake of 1922's Nosferatu, uh, he said that he was glad to make it. Uh, he glad he wasn't able to make it earlier because even after the lighthouse and then the is it the Northman or the Mothman? I can't read my writing as usual. Uh, North- I think it was the Northman. The Northman. Uh, he said creating the Nosferatu film has pushed him beyond, uh, pushed him, and I quote, beyond his capabilities, which is what he was wow. going for. Uh, so it sounds like another grueling shoot in the Robert Eggers um, universe, uh, filming uh, wrapped on his Nosferatu film in mid-May, uh, but there is still uh, no word on a release date at this time. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to because Robert Eggers, he knows how to do timepieces. He does really well with, with time period movies. So when I found out he was doing Nosferatu, I was like, let's fucking do it, man. Because he's the right choice. He's the guy that you want if you're going to do a period piece. So I've, I've been excited about this since I heard about it because to me, he could do no wrong. I've loved every one of his movies that's come out so far. <clears throat> the Northman was great. The Lighthouse is great. The Witch is fantastic. So. I can't wait to see what he does with Nosferatu. Although, can you beat Shadow of the Vampire? Probably good. Good. That was pretty fucking awesome. Shadow of the Vampire was so fucking awesome. (laughs) It's really fucking good. Even the Klaus Kinski um, Nosferatu is really good. If you haven't seen that one yet, that that was pretty decent. But yeah, Shadow of the Vampire is so good. So, Dean, I don't know if you ever saw that one, but definitely put it on your list. Which one? Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire. All about the making of, all about the making of Nosferatu. Willem Dafoe, um, John Malkovich. Uh, it's, it's so good. Yeah, I, I have not it's seen what's that. Re- yeah, what's really cool is to sit there and watch that movie and then immediately follow it with watching the original Nosferatu mm-hmm. film. And then it really messes with you just because everything that's happening in Shadow of the Vampire, you're seeing it completely differently when you will just watch the original Nosferatu film. Yeah, because it leads you to a lot of questions about Max Shrek who played fucking Count Warlock, Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah if, if you haven't seen it, Dean, put it on your list. I think you'll like it. It's just all about the making of Nosferatu and a lot of questions about the actor playing Nosferatu, Count Warlock. All right, then. All right. Moving on, what are we talking about? Hmm. Wilson mm-hmm. uh, wants to direct an adaptation of a supernatural comic called Hawaiian Dick. Uh, he Hawaiian talks about this while doing <laughs> Hawaiian, Hawaiian <what>? Dick. <laughs> Hawaiian, Hawaiian Dick. Hawaiian right. Dick. Uh, he says that uh, he's been out uh, doing <laughs> press, of course, for the upcoming Insidious Red Door film. Uh, And he said that uh, quite some time ago, uh, he, uh, maybe around 2015, he was attached uh, to act in a film adaptation of this supernatural comic, uh, but ultimately uh, never 
never came to life. And there apparently was just something about the story that stuck with him. Uh, and now he wants to direct his own version. So that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen. Uh, I know that amongst our group of talking to represent, representatives that there are some, excuse me, comic book fans. So I didn't know if uh, yeah. Hawaiian Dick uh, was a was a comic <laughs> that any of our comic people were familiar with. So that's why I wanted to share the story about Hawaiian Dick. Yeah, you got Dick. me there. It <laughs> sounds like it already yeah, comes, a lot of coming again. <laughs> <laughs> the title alone, I want to see that movie get made. I don't know what the comic book's about. I just want to be able to say I saw Hawaiian Dick. And it's a supernatural story. <laughs> but where do you guys fall on Patrick Wilson? I think he's a good actor. I don't know. I know a lot of people are kind of mixed about Patrick Wilson, but I think he's pretty solid in all the movies he does, even the Conjuring movies where it's just like, ah, you're playing such a douchebag, but kind of like him. Even Watchmen, he was pretty good. But yeah, I've always had a thing for Patrick Wilson. I always thought he was kind of under the radar type of actor. <laughs> Either love him or you hate him. Yeah, sorry. I've only seen him in the couple of Conjuring movies I've seen. I don't think I've actually seen him in anything else, brother. <laughs> yeah, you have, because we covered Hard Candy on the show. He was in Hard Candy. With uh, uh, then Ellen Page, now Elliot Page. Yay! I had another movie I didn't like. <laughs> You're not helping me here, King. <laughs> and you never saw Watchmen? You never saw the movie adaptation of Watchmen? No, because I did not like the column book. I was not a fan of the column book. Oh, okay. So, See, I thought you did. Right. Nah. Yeah. It's like I, tr- like I tr- tried to jump in a couple times here and there when it came on, and like I caught like you know half fifteen to half you know half an hour here and there, and I was just like, nah, it's not doing anything for me. It's just <laughs> I. It, it's a j- j- want to jump in. Yes, and yeah. Say yeah. that hard. Yeah. I, I, Hard Candy is is not the only film uh, that we have covered. We also did cover right on this program Bone Tomahawk. We did, yes. He was in that movie too. Yeah, you're right. Bone Tomahawk. He's in that movie. So Patrick oh, Wilson has been on the show. Okay. <laughs> no, several times. Yes, it was. I like that. I like that. I like. I like yeah. Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, it's a good movie, It really is. But again, he's a guy that's just under the radar. Like you see these movies, and you're like, I know that guy, and I like him. But what the fuck is his name? And you're like, oh, Patrick Wilson. That's right. It's just, you know, one of those. Guys, he's good when he shows up. <laughs> Even in those fucking bad Conjuring movies, I'm like, you know what? He just draws you in because he's so fucking charismatic and shit like that. Unlike Ed Warren in real life, who was just an asshole. <laughs> that's why you need a fucking Patrick Wilson. To bring this character to life. That's why he's Playing called acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If only the real life Ed knew how to act, might have come off as a better character, but he did not. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Insidious Red Door. I'm a fan of those movies, so looking forward to seeing what he brings to the director's table and seeing how they, they do this entry. But all right, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? In the realm of the Blumhouse universe, which is always going on uh, in that neck of mm-hmm. the horror woods, it seems that Jason Blum has said uh, that the Exorcist, if there was any question about this, but he wanted to clarify that mm-hmm. uh, it is sticking with its October 13th 
release date, uh, he says that it is good and really scary. Uh, he also <laughs> said, given oh that, no, uh, the given <laughs> the in, insidious. This is I never heard of this. What I'm about to say next, I never even heard of this. So uh, I guess it would okay. be interest to me. But uh, given that the insidious. Uh, cinematic universe is about to grace the screens uh, once again for what is maybe believed to be the final time. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. there was uh, some work on an insidious slash sinister crossover. Uh, Jason oh. Blum has said that the insidious sinister crossovers, crossover is, is not going to happen. Uh, he said oh. that there was a lot of things that they were working on as far as developing it uh, he, for a while. He said that even with their writing team and ideas all over the place, that there just did not seem any truly suitable idea to turn this into a film, that uh, nothing that felt worth it. He said that uh, really? there was no interest oh. in an insidious, uh, sinister crossover just to make a crossover film. Uh, that if they were going to do it, they wanted to feel like they had a story worth telling, and apparently uh, they just were not able to come up with any ideas that made sense or felt that worked. So a possible insidious, uh, sinister crossover at this time uh, is off, appears to be off uh, the, the the table. Hmm. Damn. Sounds like Bluehouse needs to can... give you a call, King. You you probably could be able to live with the story. I could make that movie fucking right now. Like I could do that. There is so much potential for a crossover. Like you have the further in Insidious and Sinister. You have Bagul's universe where he takes children. Like there's a lot of potential there. I'm surprised that they're not really digging their heels in and trying to do this because you you could make it happen. Both those uh, series have similar vibes. You know, supernatural vibes. So it's like you can make it happen. Like they're they're just kind of concurrent with each other. So I'm kind of surprised that they don't want to take the chance. Like you know, Blumhouse, call me. I'll write you a treatment real quick, and you're gonna like it because <laughs> I like both of those series, um, Insidious and Sinister, because there there is potential to tap in uh, with the demons in the further, and also the ghoul from uh, Sinister. Wow, the further. That sucks. The further. <laughs> I got. Oh, it's time to return to the further. I will say this. I have only seen... Well, hold hold on. I I have only... I I just want to say, and maybe I've said this before on the show, maybe not, but the the first Insidious uh, is the only Insidious film in this series that I have seen, and uh, I Mm -hmm. I, I truly was enjoying it up until the part uh, where, with Lin Shay... Uh, like going to the further became like a part oh, of it. Yeah. Then it kind of lost me. Mm-hmm. But I will say the early sequences when like the spooky shit starts to take place, uh, the sequence when the wife is home in the house and like that little kid like hops out of the fucking like the the cabinet. Uh, that was some yeah. that was some good shit if I remember <laughs> correctly. You're right. That was in that first Insidious movie. And even that reveal, Patrick Wilson staring at the camera and the fucking demons right behind him. That fucking jump scare. I was like, that shit is good. Yes. <laughs> you know? And yeah, that was Yeah, good. it's really good. And also Tiny Tim's, you know, tripsing through the tulips and shit like that as a song for the further. It's such a weird fucking song. But, yeah, no, it, it, it's good. I mean, the, the sequels, obviously, they, they trail off at a certain point. But that first one is a strong entry. So, I mean, you should revisit it because it's really good. 
And, uh, you know, with Sinister, the first one is so fucking good. The second one is kind of okay. But, yeah, the first one, just stick with that one. You can't go wrong. Is that fucking movie. They do so much fucked up shit. <laughs> it's like you can't believe you're watching it in a mainstream theater. There's a lot of kids killing people in that movie. <laughs> I'm always appreciative of that. Killer kids always in this <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was a, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, it was my, my pick. Um, and I, 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 I can't remember the title, but there was one that we watched where there was like, like killer kids and like, wasn't the final scene at like the end of like a long, long driveway. There was like a bus and people were like running for it. And you saw like a bunch of kids like emerge that were like running out down the driveway, chasing after the people trying to get to the bus to get away to safety. Does that ring any bells? I was just thinking about the show today, familiar. actually, trying to remember what movie it was. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely watched it. We definitely watched it. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, definitely... We've watched I, a couple I, Killer Kid movies on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I always support that. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about that. Because I, I kind of pinpointed it in my head. But I'll look through the episode list. I'll get back to you on that. But all right, what else are we talking about, Dean? Shuffle my, shuffle my papers here, as per, as per the usual. Uh, current show that we have talked about here on the program that uh, we know that I have been watching and we know that the king has been watching and I believe he is ahead of me and I mm-hmm. believe that the the ghoul maybe even uh, dipped his toes he into did. the world uh, the MGM Plus series from uh, just aired the final episode of its second season uh, this past weekend. And it has been announced that it has been the second most watched show for MGM+. Plus. used to be Epics. Nice. Uh, second only to a series of theirs called The Godfather of Harlem. Uh, and uh, with that too, news... Uh, with that news, it has been announced that from season three is officially a go. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that news because I'm only three episodes yeah, I, into season two and I'm still loving it. Oh, so you're just a little bit ahead of me. So I'm, I'm currently in the middle of the first episode of season two. I had put on <laughs> the, excuse me. I had put on the first episode of the second season the other evening, but it was late, and I ended up falling asleep. So I have to go back and revisit it. So I'm just a little bit behind you. But, like, I, I definitely, yeah. this is one I will be continuing with. I'm definitely all in on, on this one. Yeah, it still has me interested. It still has me engaged. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. But to get a season three and get that Stephen King mark of approval, too, that was pretty huge. So, looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season has. But, all right, what else are we talking about, Dean? What, did they pay him five bucks uh, to reimburse it? A dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> uh, um, I don't remember what that's from, but I know it was said a lot. But anyway, Robocop. Uh, you can take that Robocop. to the bank. That's right. Um, and you can take that to I'd the bank. buy that for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> take that to the bank. That's uh, um, Steven Seagal, hard to yeah, anyway, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there had been at least in the 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 realms of what news and what's going on. Uh, there seemed to be so much buzz uh, surrounding 
the African American casted horror film uh, from Tim's story called The Blackening. Um, Loved it. And it was released into the theaters on uh, Juneteenth weekend. Uh, I have personally not seen it, but I am here to say that uh, what they're saying so far is that it pulled in an estimated uh, $7 million theatrically. Uh, but what I'm really here to say is that if you've been looking forward to seeing The Blackening, uh, you will have an opportunity to do it from the comfort of your own home uh, this Friday, July 7th, as The Blackening will head to, to video on-demand outlets uh, to kick off this coming July weekend. So, um, again, this was a film that had premiered uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival. It's about a group of black friends who get together for Juneteenth weekend getaway where they're, you know, in a cabin and there's a killer and they have to play by the rules and, you know, the friends soon realize that this, and I quote, ain't no motherfucking game. Directed by Tim <laughs> oh, Story, who uh, directed uh, Ride Along, Think Like a Man, and mm-hmm. Barbershop, uh, which in my opinion, uh, Barbershop, the first one, is just an absolutely brilliant film. Um, Perfect film. But anyway, yeah, uh, uh, the blackening will hit your your home video uh, demand outlets uh, Friday this week, July seventh. I wish I had that is cool, man. There was only one showing uh, this week, and I was off on Monday, and it was at nine o'clock at night at Regal. They only had one showing of the blackening, and I was like, I have to go see it. So I did, and I fucking loved it. And then all of a sudden, now you're telling me I could have watched it at home on Friday. I'm like, well, that's all right. <laughs> at least I paid the ticket price. Yes. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess that your ticket price is probably like seven or eight bucks less than what its initial on demand cost will be to watch. That'll be my I'm guess. Sure. It's probably gonna be like twenty bucks. Yeah, I paid twelve fifty to go see it, so I'm sure it's gonna be like twenty bucks to rent at home, nineteen ninety nine, I would imagine. But it's so fucking worth it. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it definitely is gonna be on my list this year, I think in the top ten, because I just can't wait to see it again. Can't wait for it to come on home video, uh, home video so I can buy it. But definitely worth checking out. Tim Store did a great job. <laughs> From start to finish, all the tropes are there. <laughs> I just I, I love you know, <laughs> black horror cinema when they just they go in every direction that you want them to go to and they hit every fucking note. <laughs> it's just so good. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, check it out this Friday, guys. Definitely try to watch it if you can from at home. You know. But all right, what else are we talking about, Dean? Uh, there's been, you know, over the years going back to the, the ghouls countdown clock, so much talk about the Friday the 13th, uh, video game. Uh, oh, I forgot about the, I forgot about the countdown clock. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We, we talked, we talked about how, uh, recently, uh, you know, probably due to all of the things, all of the moving pieces surrounding the rights ownership lawsuit that uh, Gun Interactive has announced that later this year, uh, they're going to be pulling the game uh, for sale. Uh, so, um, you know, players that own the game will still be able to play it. Um, but uh, tomorrow, July 6th, uh, they're going to be putting out an update that is going to pretty much unlock almost everything uh, for current players of the game, including uh, 30 of the most popular legendary perks will be made available to all players. All players will be leveled up to level 150. 
All unlockable kill animations will be unlocked, save for the DLC kills. Uh, all challenge skulls will be un- unlocked. XP and CP earning will be eliminated. Uh, and no matchmaking functionality will be lost. They have also uh, put a significant reduction in price, uh, which will remain until the game is pulled from digital and physical stores. Uh, once the game has been pilled, uh, players will still be able uh, to enjoy all of the game's online functionality, they say, through at least December 31st, 2024. Uh, so the game can oh, currently okay. be bought via Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. Like, you're still going to be able to play this game for a very long time uh, with all kinds of extras uh, available through downloadable content. Um, but, you know, they make no guarantees beyond that. And so, as I said, um, you know, at some point later this year, uh, you will no longer be able to purchase the game in, in any format. So it says that... Uh, the the digital and physical sales. It's actually New Year's this year. Uh, after December thirty first, twenty twenty three, the license will expire. So if you own the game, like I said, you'll still be able to play it for at least another year. Um, you know, so you can also download the base game for just five bucks now. Um, and like I said, the update coming tomorrow uh, provides a shit ton of content. Uh, that would have been available for a cost previously, I suppose. Well, King, that means when you come over for Thanksgiving, you might be able to sit there and play Friday the 13th since I already have the game. All i got to do is do this update. You <laughs> <laughs> could be the ones that play it. <laughs> That'll be nice. I mean, it, it's, it's sad that it's ending, you know, but at least it had kind of a life for a while. Like, people were really excited about it and playing it and excited for the downloadable content, and it was always kind of hyped up, like, we finally got a Friday 13th game, you know, but it's coming to an end because of all that licensing shit, but, you know, August 18th, we got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game coming out, so people can look forward to that, so it's like we're moving from Jason to Weatherface, so I'm sure Freddy's not yeah. far behind. I'm sure somebody's yeah. trying to and, but yeah, but, yeah, but unlike Friday the 13th, you did say Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, have, is supposed to have a story... Line mode, right? Or story mode? Nope. No. Only multiplayer. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah, that was only for Evil Dead. Evil Dead, the game, oh, they crap. made That's purposely right. a That's single right. player, you know, because people wanted it. So they're like, all right, fine. We'll go back in and make a single player game. But for some reason, Texas Chainsaw, they're like, no, sorry. We're only going to be doing the multiplayer. So that's the only campaign you're going to be able to watch, you know, or play rather. But it sucks. <laughs> I was like, I'll see you on YouTube, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game. <laughs> and and that's the bitch about those kind of games, though, is th- they only last as long as the people are there to play it. You know, that's right. that's why yeah. I don't like these community online games is because if the crowd is gone, you know, th- then you can no longer play it. Th- th- that's why I, I appreciated the one-player campaign that at least Evil Dead did. Well, because they listen to the audience. The audience is like, we want a single-player campaign. Like, most of us don't like to play multiplayer. So they're like, all right, let's go back and <clears throat> we'll retool it so you can play it as single-player. Um, I've seen some YouTube videos of that, and it's kind of fun, like, you know, to see a single-player campaign going through all the adventures of Evil Dead. But, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they were dead fast in saying, you know, it's going to be co-op only. So there's not going to be a story. There's not going to be any of that. So I was like, ah, eh, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> 
you know. But like I said, I, I'm not a gamer anymore, so I'll just watch it on YouTube when it comes out. People are like, I'm playing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Great. I can watch that. So. But anyway, Dean, what else are we talking about today? Let's see. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, who has told us already uh, that his tenth and final film, The Movie Critic, uh, is it. Apparently, um, you know, he's teased over the years the potential for a third Kill Bill fan, which uh, after uh, his previous film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when there was one film left, there was a lot of speculation that the third Kill Bill was going to be it. Uh, But he was uh, giving an interview somewhere where he did say that uh, a a third Kill Bill film uh, will not be happening um, officially. So whether that means uh, because his 10th movie and final film is the film critic or leaving the door open to return to film in the future, uh, there will be no Kill Bill, at least in movie format. I'm okay with that. I like the yeah. kind of movie wrapped up. <clears throat> yeah. The, the story told the story. It wrapped up. Let it be. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, kind of fine with that. You know, I know. There was always yeah. a lot of there was always a lot of speculation uh, that a potential uh, third Kill Bill film uh, would have the daughter of Vernita Green uh, trying to track down the bride to seek revenge. Yeah, I mean, right. which would be nice, but at the same time, like everything got cleared up <clears throat> with, with both those volumes. I don't really think I would want to see another one. You know, it's it's you know, fine. One of those things where I'm more so looking forward to the movie critic, you know, and talking about the, the porno rag guy that he grew up watching, you know, and reading about. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's a nice idea, but they could do like a cartoon. They could do an anime. They could do something. If yeah. They wanted to do like a Kill Bill 3, you know, and, and make it just as fun. But you know, it's kind of sad to know that Tarantino is going to be stopping after this movie critic movie. One of those guys I hope to never stop. <laughs> you know, but I guess you have to reach a certain point where you're out. You're like, I've made enough films. I can just relax now and enjoy my career as a writer, as a podcaster, you know. Yeah, but also, you know, just being able to get back to his first love, which was just music and movies in general, and just go back to... Simply just enjoying those. Yeah, like I said, he, he's he's delivered enough. You know, he's given us a, a scale of all of these movies. You know, and I I can't think of a bad Tarantino movie. <laughs> you know, I I haven't been disappointed. All of his movies. I mean, I you know, it's hard to say because there's so many good ones, but like Jackie Brown's one of my favorites. And everybody's like, well, that's not a great one. You know, I'd rather go Reservoir oh, Dogs or man. Jackie, Jackie Brown is one of those good. ones, man. Oh, yeah, man. It, like, it took a while for it to grow on me, I'll be honest. But it's like, you mm-hmm. know, like, a- after after the third viewing, it, I was like, yeah, you know, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say, Dean? You know, that's the same, for people of our generation, that's the same exact thing. After, at the time, after Reservoir Dogs, and then, of course, definitely after Pulp Fiction, uh, upon its mm-hmm. release, uh, you know, Jackie Brown, wasn't received in the same fashion uh, that the previous two films that yeah. he had come out, that being his third film. 
Uh, it was a different kind of movie and much different than what people were expecting. But that's one that, as time has gone on, uh, has you know the level of appreciation for it tremendously grown. And it's it's if you were to go back and watch it now, which I watched it probably sometime in the last eight to ten months, uh, you know, for the first time in probably two or three years, it's it's an excellent fucking film. Uh, it just you know, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction when Pulp Fiction came out, and and to a lesser degree Reservoir Dogs, but when Pulp Fiction came out, that was such a mind-boggling like mind fuck of oh, a yeah. movie in mm-hmm. that time in yeah. that time period that set set the film industry on a course of there being 50 fucking copycats and, 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 and everything, just like whenever something successful like that comes along. And, you know, oh, yeah. Tarantino well, just the like new, the Matrix. you know, the new, that the was new around the same boy time. and yeah. the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is the new, the new it guy in Hollywood and the new genius uh, filmmaker and this and that. And then like, Jackie Brown is just a different kind of movie and it just wasn't received the same by the whole like fan populace. You know, uh, I, too, also, like, enjoyed Jackie Brown when it came out, but my appreciation and love for it, it took multiple viewings over the next several years to, to truly get it and appreciate it and love it, for sure. Well, that's the same way I feel about Death Proof. Like, when I first saw Grindhouse in theaters and I saw the Death Proof segment, I'm like, I don't really kind of care about this. Okay, I know it's Tarantino. It's got all the Tarantino hallmarks. It's not bad. It's just it's not great. It took me multiple viewings where I'm like, you know what, this is actually really fucking good. Like, Death Proof is actually really <laughs> a lot of fun, <laughs> you know. But it took me a couple of viewings to kind of appreciate what he was doing. Just because I was like, you have such a great character in Stuntman Mike, and the way that it ended, I'm like, that's not cool. But then I watched it again, I'm like, you know what, it is cool. Like, because that's the type of character you want to see go out that way, being taken out by a bunch of, you know, hot women stunt women, you know, and actresses and shit like that. <laughs> like, you know, he thinks he's got the balls, but he doesn't. You know, and they take him out. And yeah, it, it took a little bit for me to kind of get into that movie. But of course, Tarantino with his fucking soundtracks and shit like that. <laughs> you know, listening to those '70s tunes. You know, K. Billy sounds of the '70s and Reservoir Dogs and then Pulp Fiction. Like he always knows how to make a good soundtrack. <laughs> uh, comedian Stephen Wright is the DJ. Oh, I love it. yeah, Stephen Wright is the DJ. I <laughs> just mispronounces that name. Like, you never forget it. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, I've always, like, Pulp Fiction's great, but I thought that Reservoir Dogs was better. Like, I've always been that guy. I'm like, you know what? Everybody loves Pulp Fiction. I'm kind of with Reservoir Dogs. Like, I like Pulp Fiction a lot, but it's just, it's not Reservoir Dogs. Like, that's like, you, you just, you can't make magic twice. And he did a great job with Pulp Fiction, but it's still, Reservoir Dogs, still that story. You know, even that fan theory about Stephen Buscemi in uh, Pulp Fiction, how that's the character from Reservoir Dogs, and now he's a fucking maitre d' at a fucking you know restaurant where he has to play Buddy Holly every night. Like that's his punishment <laughs> for what happened in <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I've never heard that. But he didn't get away in Reservoir really? Dogs. Yeah. It's been revealed in, in the time. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. I've never heard that theory. Um, he, but oh, so but he theories. also didn't survive. Yeah, there's theories that like he literally died, which is the most like common theory, which I believe, but. There's also a fan theory that he's at the uh, the restaurant. <laughs> he has to kind of live his life undercover as a, a waiter dressed up like Buddy Holly. And I was like, that's kind of a fun one, too. Because that's what the whole thing with the briefcase was. You know, Marcel's Wallace's briefcase. That was supposed to be the Reservoir Dogs cachet. You know, that was that other theory. That, that was what they were after. And that's you why do you never your get to see it. But... Lawn, you do your boss's dirty laundry? 
Yeah. <laughs> or is that it was Marcellus Wallace's soul that was in the briefcase? That and he was like the that's devil. the one that yeah. I heard because of the kind yeah. of band aids on the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be a six 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 tattoo on his neck, you know. But you know, we'll be talking about Ving Rhames in a little bit though <laughs> with the movie for tonight. But uh, <laughs> and just uh, I just I love that whole scene, motherfucker. <laughs> Marcellus is running over with the fucking car. You see Big Rams getting out of the car and he just shoots that woman in the side. He's like, oh, my God! <laughs> Where'd the motherfucker go? <laughs> Love that whole sequence. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, Ten King's final movie. But what else are we talking about tonight, Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, the no. mid-90s? Oh. Uh, Nickelodeon series <laughs> that ran from 1991 uh, to 1996, as well as uh, the the reboot that came along in 2019, is going to be expanding mm-hmm. uh, with a series mm-hmm. of books and graphic novels. Okay. Uh, you know, the first two book uh, is available to order now. It's called uh, Tale of Grandmother. Uh, it can be purchased uh, now. And the first graphic novel is going to be called The Witch's Wings and Other Terrified Tales. Uh, that will come out October 3rd and is currently available for pre-order. Uh, so if you have been a fan traditionally of the Are You Afraid of the Dark series going back to the 90s and, of course, just a few years ago, uh, they're expanding upon that universe, pushing into the print world again with a series of books and graphic novels. Hmm. All I can think about with that grandma is fucking King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you out of your chair, Grandma. 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 Damn it, King Diamond. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, they're expanding to book form, which is always good. I always appreciate the printed word. Um, but all right, what else are we talking about, Dean? That appeared to be the final. Uh, item on my agenda for this evening. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, Mad Monkey, it is your film pick of the week, Piranha 3 WD ah. from 2012, directed by John Gulliger. Uh, give us a plot synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's uh, kick off this slippery, wet discussion. <laughs> All right. This is the story of a unique breed of prehistoric carnivorous fish who was thought to be extinct ages ago. But oh no, baby, this little bad son of a bitch crawled their way out of extinction and swam their way back to the top of the food chain. These fish are nasty. These fish are tough. These fish are hungry. These fishes can fucking punch through steel. Hell yeah, they can. And they're heading to a water park near you. So let's see if the employees of the Big Wet can survive the carnage of Piranha 3DG. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, as all of our fans know, looking at you, Mama, right, I'm usually not here in July, so I never, ever get to make the fun summer picks for horror movies. So mm-hmm. I've been saving this... I've been saving this pick for a fucking long, long time. I wanted something campy. I wanted something fun. Like, I wanted to give us boys a fun horror movie that, like, had the vibe of all those, like, late-night 80s TNA movies that we all love so much. You know, I wanted blood. I wanted gore. But I also wanted, like, bad jokes, cheesy makeout scenes, 
and lots of loud, lots and lots of bouncy boobs. I pretty much wanted Malibu Bikini Shop meets Critters. And you know what? This, in my opinion, this movie was exactly what I wanted it to be. This delivered everything to me, and I personally had a great time watching this movie. I just hope you guys had as much fun watching this as I did. <laughs> so, Piranha 3DD versus Piranha 3D, which one do you think is better? Because we covered the first one, and we're not... covering the sequel. No, this, I told you, this is the only Piranha movie I've ever seen. Well, then you guess it blacked out because we covered Piranha 3D on the show before, and you were there. Maybe it was one so, of those. I, well, I, maybe I, it was I, one of those summer seasons uh, when the monkey wasn't around. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I could have sworn you were, but all right. So anyway, so Piranha 3 Double D. So you liked it. All right. So Dean, what'd you think about Piranha 3 Double D? Look, um, <laughs> what can you say? I fucking <laughs> love it. Uh, it's exactly what it is. I. Uh, yes. Going going back to my my time, going going back to my time as a young uh, watcher of movies movies, the original uh, Joe Dante Piranha uh, was a, a favorite mm-hmm. from a very young age, as yep. well as Piranha Two: The Spawning. Uh, loved both Jim of Cameron. those. Have seen them countless times, um, and when. Uh, the first of the new piranhas piranha just three simply 3d uh like came out like that was a super exciting time the ghoul and i went and saw that in the theater together and had a blast um i did not get a chance to see uh piranha 3 double d uh in the theaters but when i did finally get the chance to watch it um you know just absolutely like it's just it's just great it's just so much fun it's so fucking silly um, and just so absurd, and and just just it's just it's funny, and it's 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 just it's just great. I'm I'm a fan of the Piranha series, uh, and have always been. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> King, what did you think? Well, I mean, to resound what the dean said, exactly. Like you know what you're getting into with the Piranha movie. Like it's going to be silly. There's going to be tits. There's going to be weird kills. Like, you know what you're getting. It's not going to be a deep story where, like, wow, there's a lot of depth to these characters, and I want to find out what happens. Like, no, you just want to see the piranha kill people, and it, it delivers. Um, you know, like you said, Monkey, you didn't remember seeing the movie when we talked about it. You probably weren't there, but I loved the first Piranha movie, the remake, when it came out, because it was so much fun, you know, um, having Eli Roth be a DJ that fucking gets killed. That's probably why you should watch it, uh, Monkey, because you get to see Eli Roth ah. get killed. So you might have a fun time with that. Um, But it was just, you knew what you were getting into. I saw both of these in the theaters, and I saw both of them in 3D. So I was like, I I, I love just campy fucking movies. Um, So these were were actually in theaters in 3D? In real D, yeah, in real 3D. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, sorry, King. Please, please continue, King. I saw them both in real 3D, and it was just amazing. Like you just get to see everything. The first one, a little bit funnier with the 3D. Yeah, I only saw. I only with, saw the first uh, one. Yeah. I only saw the first one in mm-hmm. the real 3D. I, I watched them both as soon as the second one was announced, and I found out that John Golger directed it. He directed a movie called Feast um, that came out back in like the mid aughts. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was part of the Project Greenlight. TV show that was on AMC that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were behind. So they were trying to find like directors and actors and things like that. And they picked Feast 
to be that movie. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Uh, yeah. I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I remember a piece, but I remember Project Greenlight for sure. Yes, and and John Gulliger is the son of Clue Gulliger, who we covered last week on the show with Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, and he does make an appearance in this one. So keeping it in oh, the family, shit. keeping it fun, keeping it campy. So yeah, you know, that's why I made it a lot of fun. Um, seeing some returning characters like Ving Rhames who returns. Uh, we'll talk about him at the end, but you know, overall it was just a fun experience. They did shit that you didn't think they were going to do. Uh, piranhas flying up in the vaginas. It's like you know what you're getting. Like it's this, it's Piranha <laughs> Three. Um, so, of course, guys, if you have anything you want to add during my narration, feel free to be like, I want to add something because you know it's it's fun. Uh, it's a pretty loose narration. So, <clears throat> as we kick off this movie, it's party time. Party on the lake. Woo! Oh wait, the party's Woo-hoo! over because this is the first uh, Piranha Massacre that we had from the last movie on Lake Victoria. That town has now become a ghost town. Since the previous Piranha Massacre, the area has since been quarantined and left abandoned. We cut to Cross Lake in Merkin County, Arizona. Did you guys get that uh, Merkin, Merkin. Uh, comment? Merkin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. As soon as I was like, Merkin, I was like, I, I fucking love it already. <laughs> Pubic hair goatees. But, um, so we cut to Cross Lake in Merkin County, Arizona. A fisherman is out at night with his buddy the fisherman being Gary Busey, and his buddy being Cool yep. The men wade through the lake oh, and come across the Oh, that was cool. Okay. Yes, Clue played the friend. You know, and just because I know Clue from so many movies, I was like, that's Clue. Because he has that distinct look with the glasses and his voice. I was like, it's definitely Clue. And he plays the character in Feast as well. Um, but So they're going across the water. They find their way to a dead animal in the lake, which releases piranha eggs from its mouth and also its butthole. The men soon get attacked by the piranha and get torn to shreds. You know, and I love the farting noises from the animal as it gets released. Um, then we have to cut to the big wet water park run by Chet. Woo! His stepdaughter Maddie shows up, way. and she doesn't like how this water park is being run because <laughs> Chet's like, it has to be more adult-oriented, including the adult pool area filled with huge, titty naked women like Kiki the Russian. Maddie is half owner of the park, but Chet owns 51%, so his calls go. That night, Maddie's friends Shelby and Ashley show up with their boyfriends, Josh and Travis, to hang out with her. Maddie also reunites with Kyle, a former love interest and also a police officer in the town. Shelby then determines she has to lose her virginity, so she and Josh go off to go skinny dipping. And while the two play around in the water, a piranha enters Shelby's vagina. She feels this, and she decides, (laughs) I have to go. Like, no, stop it. I don't like what you're doing here. He's like two feet away. He's like, I'm not doing that fucking thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> and she quickly leaves. So we cut to a park van where Ashley and Travis decide to have sex, but first they have to pray to God for forgiveness because they're not married. <laughs> All right, you pray to God. Now you can fuck me. I would love that fucking line. <laughs> I fucking loved it. <laughs> now you can fuck me because <laughs> we thank God for forgiveness. And, and they've got, like, the whole shag wagon set up and shit like that. Everything is all, like, you know, the, this van is fucking done old school, you know, old school 80s style. You know, shag carpet inside, glitter ball and shit. It's even got some fucking old school cable in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was loving it. <laughs> hmm. Um, okay. So Ashley handcuffs one of Travis's hands and accidentally releases the parking brake. So the van rolls into the water. The van begins to sink, and Ashley is unable to find the keys to the handcuffs. She soon escapes to the top of the van to call for help, but Travis is soon killed by a swarm piranha, leaving Ashley alone on the sinking van with no help in sight. Before I continue, there are two phone numbers that just popped up in our chat. So there's a 928, and there's also an 813. Uh, is that either of you guys? Like last week when the ghoul called no. in, he's like, that's me. No, no, that, no, that is not me, sir. Okay. Negative. Well, Let's take a look this. here and see what we have going on. Uh, 813 caller, go ahead. What can we do for you? Talking terror this evening. Hey, guys. I was a, uh extra in this movie. No, no way! Hey! Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually just scrolling through. Um, I it, it was filmed in a couple of different areas, but um, I was an extra, in, um, and part of it was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, and then the other part okay. was filmed in Lake Havasu, Arizona. I didn't know if you were aware of that. I was not. All right, that's that's yeah. great. So, so how you know going back to the beginning, uh, what led to your involvement? Was this your first time being an extra? Like, how did it all come come about? So, I was actually um, working in the area, and I don't know if you know much about Wilmington, North Carolina. It's in a lot of movies. It was filmed. A lot of films were there. For example, some of the um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It's got big rock cliffs. It almost looks like parts of Oregon, but it's on the East Coast. So I was working there um, at a local club. I was a bouncer, and uh, they were looking for extras, people that wanted to be in bathing suits and that could run around and scream, guys and women. And uh, they came in there, and they had some flyers. It didn't pay shit. I mean, it, it wasn't like we made a bunch of money. It was it was very, very minimal work. But uh, I did get to meet Gary Busey. He was in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah. in the opening yeah. sequence. What was that? Uh, what was it like meeting Gary Busey? Because, you know, obviously, you know, he he is well known to be quite the character. It, well, it's it's funny you should say that, actually, um, because he actually, we had one of the few small bars in the area. And he actually came to the bar with a couple of, um, uh, a couple of other people that were in the movie, some small time actors. One was a real young guy. He, God, he couldn't have been more than 17, 18 years old but, uh, at the time. But, uh, and then there was a couple of other women in the movie that he hung around with. I think they all had the same agent. He was definitely very high strung. And I remember the first thing that he said to us when he came into the bar, because I worked there, I got him in, I got him a table, was uh, he asked if we had any Coke, and, um, which was crazy because he he had just been in a really bad motorcycle accident years before, and I couldn't imagine a guy wanting to be any more high-strung. So we actually uh, we had a dealer in the club. He came in, put out a big line, and then me and him uh, partied all night. What was interesting is I went behind the bar and got some liquor, and we banged the shit out of that 18-year-old kid. I mean, I soaked up my cock and stuck it right in that <laughs> fucking kid's ass. 18 years old, it was so tight, man, I couldn't tell you. But Busey was a good dude because when I was done sticking my cock in his ass, he licked it clean. I mean, you cannot beat mm. a scenario like that. I mean, butt sex. Yeah, that's, that's quite the fascinating. 3D. And this was, Gary Busey's this was right a good guy, though. the bar and for all of the patrons in North Carolina? No, 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 men's room. So and you, you know what the interesting the thing liquor. is? Well, I no, asked please, Busey, please I says, why, I mean, what's going on here? And he says, well, listen, you know, because I thought it was weird that the kid was Asian. If you look, he's still in the film. You could see the kid running around. 
And he said they have very little butthole asshole hair. Interesting. Huh. Well, okay. I, I guess you learned yeah. with firsthand experience. During this time, was, was, was Gary Busey, was he wearing his dark-framed Buddy Holly glasses during all of this uh, activity that took place in this bar in North Carolina? Listen, I, I don't know why you're making a joke out of this. We had a good time. We were all in the movie, made about $90 a day. But uh, Gary Busey's a good dude. He really is. All right. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's a riveting story. Uh, you know, thank you so much <laughs> for calling you. in and sharing your your memories. And I hope when I hope when this when this movie airs on TV, which is kind of frequently, and you're scrolling the TV at night and you come upon it, I hope that you're you're brought right back to that time in your life and and you're able to relive those those precious memories of that experience that you had. Hey, listen, it's hard to find a tight butthole eighteen year old Asian these days on the beach. So I, sure. I definitely, you're one hundred percent right. I have a different view of the movie. Hey guys, God bless. I got to get going. I got a youth group to attend to. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we also have nine two eight area code. You're on the talking terror. What's up? Hello. Hello. Yes, we're here. How's Hi. it going? Good, good, good. I I was just wondering, can I have that guy's number? I'd like him to ravage my asshole. No, sorry. Anyway, so we're gonna move on because we have king, some king. funny people. For future reference, for future reference, don't. Don't be so quick to dismiss. I can I can have great fun with that for a minute. I know we have a movie to talk about, but it's not often we get calls. Yeah, I, I, I would love to have fun, but this That's is not time. the Shock Shock Radio, obviously. This is why I don't like taking calls. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, taking calls. That was great fun. I could have gone on. I could have gone on another five. I could have gone on another ten minutes with that. So. I, I, yeah, no. No, it just went south real quick. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. When we have uh, people that like to joke around. <laughs> anyway, so the well, I think it's really funny young. when I'm like, when I'm like <laughs> I ask him, if, I ask him if, if Gary Busey was wearing his Buddy Holly glasses, and he gets all like, "Why are you trying to make light of this situation? I'm just trying to recount my memory." <laughs> I was talking about fucking 18 year old Asian kid. Like, okay, well, sorry, sir. Continue. Oh boy. Anyway, so. The next day, it's one day until opening of the Big Wet, so we queued the ska-heavy <laughs> montage of hot girls in bikinis having fun around the pool. We get introduced to Big Dave, who's having a little solo fun using one of the pool's water jets. Shelby shows up feeling <laughs> a little weird and immediately vomits. Dave laughs at her and then jumps into the vomit pile like it's a rain puddle. Meanwhile, Kyle is on scene to see the van being pulled from the lake and discovers no one's inside. Kyle reassures Shelby and Maddie that Ashley and Travis might be around somewhere. So later, Maddie is sitting on a dock with Shelby trying to confront her when the piranha attack. Maddie and Shelby run, but Shelby is knocked into the water. Maddie helps her out of the water, but the dock soon begins to shatter and split apart so that Maddie and Shelby... Yeah, man. <laughs> like just, uh, the dock is just flying all over the place. It's like, so now we're getting to see the, the, you know, the actual strength of these piranha. <laughs> and eventually, yeah, they, they both get knocked into the water, but they manage to make it to land. A piranha jumps out of the water, and Shelby has to kill it with a rock. Battery shows up and sees a dead piranha, having no idea what it is, but then he's like, is that a fucking piranha? So we have uh, a video of Mr. Goodman from the first movie, played by Christopher Lloyd, and he's talking about the death of fish. Later, Kyle drives with Maddie and Barry. <laughs> yeah. So later, Kyle drives with Maddie and Barry to Mr. Goodman's house, where he explains that the piranhas can become terrain viable able to live on land and sea due to migrating through underground tunnels. 
So that night, Maddie decides she wants to check out the underground tunnels near the park, but she needs a spotter. Barry can't help her because he can't swim. And she's like, oh, if I had known he can't swim, oh. I would have taught you. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so she decides oh, to go on Barry her own. can't swim. Barry can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and she even says, like, you work at a water park. Like, how have you never learned how to swim? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you would think you could be in the kiddie pool. <laughs> you know? It's like two feet deep. You know, go in there. You know, swim around a little bit. You know, bang some Asian kid that that guy did with a bunch of coke. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so she grabs a flashlight oh. and goes out on her own. Uh, piranhas appear, begin to chase her, but she's rescued for, by Kyle and before they can do any damage. And, he, of course, he lays her down on the ground and gives her a little kiss. So, of course, Barry's like, oh, this fucking guy. Like, well, yeah, dude. You're fucking like you. Swim. <laughs> like, there's no way you're getting this. <laughs> so, uh, later, Shelby is comforted by Josh, and then she says, make love to me. I don't want to die a virgin, oh, so he's like, fucking hell, yeah. fucking yeah, dude. Like, let's fucking go. <laughs> <No. laughs> and, man, yeah, her, her looking all fine and shit like that. And for the long, like, the entire time I was watching this, because I had no idea how old it was, I was thinking it was the chick from the Brady Bunch movies. <laughs> and then, I think, then I realized it was way too late for that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. It's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's like feeling it, and she's like, I'm loving this, but yeah, halfway through his show, all of a sudden, he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And he pulls his dick out, and there's a piranha clamped down on his dick. Shelby is convulsing. She's going into seizures. She's foaming at the mouth. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And he's fucking running around this fucking house with a piranha hanging off his fucking dinger. What the fuck do I got to do? So he grabs the fucking kitchen knife and decides the only thing he no. can do is to cut his own tip of the dick off. Gotta oh, hell no. No, nope, I will, I like, figure out. Nope, nope. <laughs> I will, like, find some way to get that fucker off. No, no, uh-uh. No, nah, I am not doing that. But still, though, <laughs> funny shit, though. <laughs> you could just stab it through the midsection. Like, just stab it right through the midsection, then pull it off as it dies. You don't have to chop the fucking yeah. tip of your dick off, dude. Like, there's yeah. better ways to go about this. But in the moment, too, like, what are you thinking? Like, I have a piranha clamped down on my dick. Like, you know, nope. I'm running around. I don't know what to do. So he runs around and eventually, <laughs> like he said, cuts the tip of his dick off. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just their reaction. So, of course, Shelby wakes up, and she's like, oh, I'm so much better now. Where, where, where's Josh? Where's he at? So she's been walking around the room, seeing blood everywhere, and then she steps on the piranha that he cut off, and it spits out the tip of his dick, and she's like, that's weird, but I'm going to keep looking for Josh. And then it just pops out. <laughs> But here we, you know, here we get to actually see Dick there on the screen. There it is. <laughs> but just, just the tip of his dick. <laughs> just the tip. Laying on the ground. Little game. Little game we play called just the tip. But you would think that Josh would be laying on the ground. He'd be holding his fucking chopped off dick. You know, she'd be like, oh, my God. No. She goes to the window to look outside, and he pops up from behind her with a knife. What the fuck did you do? I'm like, wow, that's a great reaction. Like, <laughs> after you just cut the tip of your dick off, you're not even passed out. 
All that adrenaline, man. You didn't get the cum. So. Like, imagine that Maybe fucking, the you know, the tip of that dick to shout out the pre-cum. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the piranha got it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it swallows. You know they swallow. All piranhas swallow. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. Um, so later that night, we see Chet is pulled over by Kyle, and it's revealed that Kyle has been accepting bribes from Chet. He's been allowing what? water pumped from Underground River into the park, and Chet is happy that Kyle has everything in order and then tells him that he needs to get Maddie in the dark about his plans, too. And I love the fact that Kyle still gives him a speeding ticket. He's like, just doing my job. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Throws the ticket <laughs> away. You know, um, so we cut back to home. Shelby, covered in blood, tells Maddie that something came out of her vagina and attacked Josh, and they have to go to the hospital. <laughs> something came out of her vagina and attacked Josh. <laughs> that that would stubble me up so fucking quick. Like, Imagine coming home to a place where you live with your roommates and all of a sudden your roommate's covered in blood going, my fucking vagina attacked Josh. I'm like, what? Like, can we just take a second to kind of like go back? Like, what do you mean? I mean, I'm sure your vagina attacked Kyle. You guys had sex. No, something came out. Okay. Let's go to the hospital, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And we never see Josh again, which I fucking love. We never see that guy again. He's done after this. Yeah, we yeah, we, he, yeah, he's earned his bit. He doesn't need to try and come back at the end of the day and try and save anyone. No, he, he's, yeah, he needs to recover. Still <laughs> stumpy over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you would think, I would love if they had, like, a scene with him coming back with, like, a cast on his dick and, like, got a little blood spotting in the shorts. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't maybe maybe about he's going to come or... back. And maybe he's going to come back in Piranha 3 DDD with a steel dick. <laughs> oh. Just whips out the maybe shorts. So. Like, you can't get me, Piranha. <laughs> this has a steel fucking dick. That'd be great. Like, where is that fucking sequel? That needs to be made. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Big Wet is set to open but they need a big special guest, somebody that's going to come oh. in there and really fucking give this place gravitas. So who do you get? David motherfucking Hasselhoff. Previous oh. Sharknado episode, and he's here talking <laughs> about the fish to, to some water slide protection. Right? <laughs> you know, this guy writing the fish hunter theme song while lying in bed with two fucking hot chicks and like, am I going to be in the song? Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I fucking love the Hoff in this movie. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He's hanging out in bed with these two chicks, writing the Fish Hunter theme song. He says, like, I know I got to go to Trissy. the fucking park later. <laughs> I'm not Trissy. The other one pops up. I'm Trissy. Okay, whatever, Maddie. No, I'm Maddie. <laughs> shit like that. Whatever. <laughs> and I love that the jacket they give him in the movie has Hoff watch on the patch. Rather than Baywatch, it's Hoffwatch. Hoff I was like, oh, they know what they're doing, and I fucking love them for doing this. <laughs> so the Big Wet opens with Hasselhoff as the guest, the celebrity guest. But among the other guests are Deputy Fallon and former cameraman Andrew Cunningham from the other movie. So Bing Rames playing Deputy Fallon, coming back with the cameraman Andrew Cunningham, they're coming to the park to see it get open, and I fucking love fucking Bing Rames in this scene. When they first pop up in the park and he doesn't want to go in the water, he's like, put me in the fucking water. Put me in the water. He's like, I don't want to go in the water. 
well, do you want? If I want to go in the water. He's like, put me in. <laughs> and the woman's like, what are you doing? Hey. Going in that guy. And he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you push that handicapped man into the water? What do you want to go into the water? No, I don't. I'm scared of this. No, I'm a pussy. I'm scared of this water. <laughs> you tell him, don't push me in the water. Clutching <laughs> on his shirt. He's like, well, I don't know what to do right now. And he's like, push me in the water. This so back and push my bitch Push my bitch ass into the water. <laughs> But Fallon is afraid of the water because he lost his legs to the piranhas in the previous movie. So Fallon's there to hopefully get over his fear of the water, but of course, it doesn't really work out because he's fucking terrified. Um, Maddie gets back to the park and attempts to shut the park down, but is stopped by Chet and Kyle. And that's when we see that Chet has been pumping in water from the underground tunnels, and he's like, it's free water. I don't got to pay utilities or anything. She's like, it's not cool, though, because... There's, there's things in the water that you don't change. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm not paying utilities <laughs> on this bitch. I got fuck big things in the water. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so we then eventually see that the piranhas have made their way into the area through the pipes and attack, killing many of the guests. And that's when Fallon's like, motherfucker. And he fucking pulls out his <laughs> shotgun prosthesis in his legs. You ain't going to get me, Shotgun legs. <laughs> oh, my God. Him just fucking firing off these fucking rounds at these piranhas are flying away. And you have the cameraman behind him going, oh, my shit. Just round after round blowing away these piranhas as people are panicking and running for fucking safety. <laughs> How'd you afford a shotgun leg with all the money I didn't spend on socks? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah he, he uses a shotgun like prosthesis to fight the uh, piranhas off and what I didn't mention a few minutes ago is that David Hasselhoff at this water park he's the lifeguard like they just put him in a fucking chair and like just sit there man <laughs> just sit there with your sunglasses on and you're fucking David Hasselhoff so a little boy named David he gets bit by a piranha and he's like, ah, I fucking got bit by one of those. And the mom's like, I don't believe you, but go find a lifeguard. Get him a Band-Aid. So she, you know, he goes to David Hasselhoff, and he's like, can I have a Band-Aid? And he's like, you don't know who I am? He's like, no. Baywatch? <laughs> uh, Bay and he's like, I don't know what that is. Uh, Knight Rider? Uh, no. He's like, you're a lifeguard. Can I get a Band-Aid? He's like, What? David, you're my main man, David. You're my main man. Get this guy a band-aid. My main man, David. He doesn't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> he doesn't want an autograph. He doesn't want fucking anything, man. <laughs> so when the piranhas start attacking the park, we see that young David is once again in the fucking water, and, and Hatsoff is like, this fucking kid's in the water again. This fucking kid got in the water. Like, I, no, I can't save him. Like, no, I, no. And we have a woman coming up to him, and she's like, you got to do something. He's like, I, I don't, though. Like, I'm just here to fucking hang out. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I'm going to sit here. And then he keeps looking back at young David, and he just, th those shots back and forth, and looking at David. <laughs> the and he's like. <laughs> and, then, and, and then every time it's a rainy cam shot on Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't think he's going to do anything. You think he's just going to stay up in that fucking seat. But then he's like, I've got to save him. 
So we cut to the Baywatch fucking theme song as he grabs fucking tools and starts running towards young David, jumping over people. Then he stops. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> I'm in a yard. <laughs> I love that so much. That sequence it's is just so, so fucking hilarious. And it's just, it's just, it's like peak absurdity, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> at the top of the discussion of the show. And I talked about, you know, thoroughly enjoying the first Piranha 3D and then, and then this one, like they're so, they're so different, uh, but still so much the same. And this whole sequence with Hasselhoff is just, it's just so brilliant in, absur- in its absurdity. And I just, I love it so much. It's just so wonderful so, to hear that Baywatch theme hit as he picks up his, his life-saving device and runs to get young David, you know, and just saying he's old and he has to jump back in and save young David. And young David's like, thank you. He's like, I got you. <laughs> you know? And bringing him out of the pool, everybody's fucking getting attacked. Um, and then you cut back to Chet, who's like, I need to get the fuck out of here, man. Like, this is not a good scene, man. Everybody's dying. There's a lot of lawsuits coming my way. People are going to be upset. So I just need to grab the cash box and fucking leave out of this place. So, of course, he grabs the cash box, and then he sees a young girl with her mother being chewed up by the piranha, and she's looking up at him with that fucking hate. Like, I fucking hate you, motherfucker. He's like, uh, here's some money. Uh, here's some money. He just throws money on the mom's dead body. And he's like, it's not my fault. And then he throws some more money on her. <laughs> on the and dead she body. picks up a single. She picks up a single dollar bill, and she's, like, looking at it in the fucking sun. I'm like, oh, man, make sure it's legit. And then he backs <laughs> over the body. <laughs> he's trying to leave. Ow! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, just love the fact that he's backed over the girl and her mom. After he, he threw money on the body, he's like, well, I need to get the fuck out of here. So, of course, he steps on the gas, but then there's some low-hanging flags that cut his fucking head off. And, of course, he got to yeah, get the slow-motion shot of his head co- coming off, and then the big titty <laughs> woman going, oh, my God, and then just fucking motorboating that fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> With their bloody titties all over his face and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I'm hoping, like, you know, for his sake, they didn't actually use a prop head or anything like for that. You know, <laughs> hopefully he got to just in, enjoy that scene. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that he got to enjoy that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been great if he could be in that moment. I was expecting the fucking head to have the tongue out, but, like, ah, 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 like, you know, just right in between the fucking tits. It didn't quite happen. but So Maddie tells Barry to begin draining the pools, while she attempts to save those that are still in the water. However, while she's rescuing people, she becomes caught in the suction and is dragged down to the bottom of the pool. So, of course, she's, like, fucking flailing for life. Kyle, help me! Kyle, please! And he's like, I want to, but this piranha's in there, and I'm a scared boy. I have to go. There's no saving you. And she's like, fuck you! (laughs) She runs away and she gets stuck down. And, of course, Barry shows up, and he's like, fuck, I want to have sex with her, and I like her, but I don't know how to swim. And he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking do it. I'm going to fucking go in the water. I'm going to swim down and save her because I fucking like this chick. He gets into the pool, and he's like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> he's like, fuck swims that. Back. <laughs> like, Bad decision. Bad decision. <laughs> you know? 
as he gets to the surface, as the piranhas that keep attacking the water and everybody inside. So once Kylo freezes, he runs away, but eventually um, Barry, despite not being able to swim, leaps down and brings her to the surface using one of the tridents. Um, Maddie is eventually revived. Thankful for saving her, they share a kiss, and he's like, I've always had a crush on you. And she's like, aw, but friends, right? Ah. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and then you just see Barry casually But that's when you have the scene of Barry just casually kicking her back into the water. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, and in the interim, we have Big Dave, the one employee who had a fucking piranha stuck up his ass, which has to be pulled out by Barry. He's like, it's in my ass. It's in my ass. Get it out. And he's like, it's going to hurt. He's like, I don't care. You just see his big old ass covered in fucking blood. <laughs> you know? Got it out. All right. What do we got to do? We got to get to these fucking pipes, man. So uh, Big Dave Bye. pours chlorine into the pipes, followed by lighting up a joint. The resulting explosion kills most of the piranhas. Kyle, running away because he's a pussy, eventually looks up towards the sky, and he gets a fucking trident to the eye. And Barry and Maddie are like, ew, but cool. Because he was a <laughs> Sweet. I just love yeah, that but for some re- But for some reason, in this world, chlorine is highly flammable. <laughs> well, I the magic of the movie monkey. Magic of the movie. No. Yes, Corn exactly. is a flammable? I always thought so. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, I learned something today. Thank you, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> You're welcome. That's I thought it always on. was. So. Shooting star. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> I always thought it was flammable. But, yeah, of course, Kyle gets his due service by getting the trident, which, again... It's a plastic fucking trident. It's not like it's made of steel or metal. It's a plastic fucking toy. So I was like, how does it do that no, much damage? But, but, the, mm-hmm. but the metal pro- because the metal prong is snipped off, and they have a, a, um, a metal spike in there for picking up trash. They showed that at the beginning of the movie. Did they? See, I missed that. Because I always thought it was yeah. a plastic fucking trident. Like, I was yeah. like, it's a plastic no. toy. No. <laughs> Because I know that Barry killed the the piranha that was trying to kill Maddie with the with the trident, but I was like, ah, it's plastic. Yeah. Like it, it it could kill a fucking piranha, that, obviously. But I, that's why because because at the beginning of the movie, like when he's going around in the shark outfit and all that kind of stuff, picking up trash, yeah, he he has it has a metal spike on it. Hmm. Okay. Well, like I said, it's it's a missed detail because I was like, that's plastic. I was like, going to kill anybody, but when he got it to the eye, I was like, okay, well, I guess velocity. Uh, again, Mr. Wizard, I don't know. Velocity, you know, times the person standing in place. Maybe. Um, you know. Velocity versus speed <laughs> times mass. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, obviously I didn't know. Um, so uh, after all that happens, uh, the celebrations are cut short because Maddie receives a call from Mr. Goodman who informs them that the piranha left with them, with him, they're starting to evolve, and after escaping its tank, it's now able to move on land. And Maddie's like, "Oh yeah, shit. I, I know." <laughs> she tells him, uh, "I know, though." 
So, of course, <clears throat> we cut back to everybody being like, all right, it's over. Everything's the piranhas are dead. We can kind of take a breath. And little David, uh, David Hasselhoff's big buddy, decides to go over to a piranha, and he's like, oh, everything's fine. Like, it's, it's going to be okay. But that piranha jumps up and cuts off little David's head. Fucking loved it. I was like, yes, they fucking went there. It's great. They killed a fucking child. <laughs> His head is fucking cut the fuck off, falls to the and, ground, and, and everybody yeah. starts taking out their cameras and fucking taking photos of it. And David Hasselhoff <laughs> is like stupid fucking ginger. What makes it so great is, uh, you know, how much time was spent on like that kid and David Hasselhoff, oh, yeah. like saving him and like to then like move ahead a little bit in the action and have this happen. It's just, it's just so great. Uh, you know, it wasn't just like random kid. Like the kid had a, like, like a, like, a, like his character had like a, a, had a, had a relationship with David Hasselhoff um, and the experience that they shared together that they, that they go down this road. It's just, it's just so fucking wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if I could, the com- the com- the com- no! David, <laughs> the no! complete story arc. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Hasselhoff just cradling, cradling the fucking decapitated kid's head like body. David, no. Why'd you have to do it, David? You're my man. You're my main man. Not, not my main man, David. No. No. Like, just have that fucking moment. Like, a dramatic moment in this fucking hilarious fucking horror movie. He's just cradling the body. <clears throat> Because uh, Fallon and Cunningham, they never show back up. Like They have that scene of the pool where he's shooting them with the uh, shotgun prosthesis, but they never show back up again. I was like, I would love if they showed back up again. I'm like, motherfuckers are dead. <laughs> you know? like, but they just kind of disappear. Like, they're just forgotten about after that one scene. Like, they never have a moment where they're like, yep, that's why I don't get in the motherfucking water. <laughs> you got to have another moment with Fallon. <laughs> Fuck that motherfucking water. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just so underused, man. Like, I just wanted to see more of Ving Rhames. Like, just to have one last scene with him being like, yeah, fuck, he's Barack. <laughs> you know, but we don't get it. it it's just done. But um, when the movie's completed and we get to the end credits, we also see David Hasselhoff finally making a music video for Fish Hunter. So he has his theme song complete, and he's running <laughs> on the beach, and he has with the a Fish it. Hunter theme song. Yeah, with the trident. But speaking with that, because we got a little bit of time, so I could bring it up. Have you guys ever seen Baywatch Nights, the spinoff of Baywatch? Negative. No, never. Never heard of it. Guys, if you haven't, see if you can find it. it. Yeah, see if you can find it on YouTube. It's fucking glorious because you have Baywatch. You know, it's all about people saving lives on the beach. And, of course, David Hasselhoff, Pamela Anderson, all these characters. They did a spinoff on UPN called Baywatch Nights, which started off as like, hey, you know, we save lives by night. We solve some crimes uh, and uh, save lives by day, solve, uh, solve crimes by night. But then they made it into a supernatural show where it was ghosts outing the beach. What? And there was what? aliens involved, I, yeah. there was ghosts involved. And yeah, it was nope, all about I, David Hasselhoff's character in Baywatch. Oh, it's it's fucking glorious. 
yeah, I, you know, have seen, you know, plenty of episodes of the original Baywatch uh, series. And, uh, you know, I remember when there was something called Baywatch Nights, but I haven't seen Mm -hmm. one minute of it and just assumed it was, you know, Baywatch, like, surrounding nightlife. I had no idea there was, like, a super element, a supernatural element uh, to, to that. I've never heard of such a thing. And it didn't start out that way. Like, it originally started, like I said, like, during the day, Mitch, you know, um, David Hasselhoff's character, like, he saves lives on the beach, but then at night he helps police solve murders. And then all of a sudden, in the next season, they're like, yeah, but what if we brought ghosts into this and make it supernatural? Like, what if we brought aliens in this? So it's like X-Files meets Beach Watch, uh, Baywatch, and it's fucking amazing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so incredibly good but bad at the same time because it's just it's like I, I thought they just wanted to save lives on the beach but no apparently it's there there there's an alien infestation and they have to go against the government and, in miami and apparently and apparently they never have to sleep either because if they stay up all night chasing ghosts too it's all that cocaine man you know that <laughs> david hassel's doing those rails i don't ever have to sleep again i discovered the cocaine like it was the it was the nineties. King a lot of weird um, Do you by chance do you by chance know who like when, when Baywatch Nights turned into a supernatural uh series, do you by chance know uh like who wrote that? Was that like Hasselhoff wanted creative control and he took it on? Like like how did do you know anything about how that came to pass? He did have a lot of control. I know that he had a lot of creative control, but he didn't direct the episodes. He didn't write a lot of the episodes, but he did have a lot of say um, because they started in, like, the early 2000s, like, mid-2000s. Um, they started with being, like, a crime show where it was, like, there's murders happening on the beach, and at night we have to solve them. And then they decided in the second and third seasons, like, let's make this kind of supernatural. Like, let's make this, like, a cold check type of thing where there's ghosts and weird shit happening on the beach and we have to fucking figure it out. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was, it was a quick turn where they, they kind of were competing with the time. They were competing and they wanted to do something similar. And, yeah, just, it, yeah. I know some of the episodes are available on YouTube. Um, but, yeah, like Baywatch Nights, it, it, it became its own thing. Didn't last long because <laughs> they were just competing, man. <clears throat> like a lot of those shows at the end were, you know, with, with X-Files. You know, they were silk stockings, you know, trying to make the sexy murders, but then also supernatural. <laughs> now, uh, King, I also wanted to ask you two guys, okay, because, again, this is the only Piranha movie I have ever seen. Okay, Piranha yeah. 3D. All right, you guys, is that one more serious, like more horror, or is this something throughout all of the Piranha movies where they're all actually kind of silly in their storytelling? Uh, Comedy. I'll, I'll take the first. I'll take the first part of that. The first of these, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Piranha movies, Piranha 3D. Uh, you know, like funny and campy, and uh, Jerry O'Connell, Girls Gone Wild type videographer. Um, you know, mm-hmm. who's on the scene of like the lake to like make his to make his sexy videos amongst all of the revelry and partying. Um, so it's not, I don't think it's as campy and ridiculous as 3DD. 
but it is definitely much more in, in the campy uh, direction. If you go back to the 70s and the original Piranha film, like looking at it now, it's campy, but when it came out, like that was more in the direction of horror, uh, you know, when, when, when that came out compared to the 3D and 3 double D. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. You know, Piranha 3D, when it came out, it was, it was comedy. Not as much as 3 Double D. Like, 3 Double D, they're like, let's just fucking throw everything at the fucking window, man. Like, let's just make this as funny as we can, make it gory, make it fun. Yeah. Um, you know, Piranha the, 3D I'll had say, a lot of funny moments, but it was more horror. Yeah. Hmm? It was more horror, and, um, you know, it it was... I don't mean that it's a serious movie, but like it's 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 more of right. a, like a real movie compared to Three Double D. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it's got more story. It's got a little bit more depth. A lot of the the characters have a little bit more to say. Um, but again, you know, you get to the beach scene, and you have uh, Eli Roth as a DJ spraying girls' tits, going, "Let me see those Danny DeVitos." <laughs> and I was like, Ever since then, I was like calling tits Danny DeVitos. So I was like, I love it. Dan, um, but Danny even going DeVito? back, like, <laughs> Danny DeVito, like yeah. So, um, but even going back to like the Dean had said about Piranha, directed by Joe Dante back in the seventies, and then the sequel, directed by James fucking Cameron, The Spawning, like they were just exploitation movies. Like yeah, they were funny, but they wanted to focus on the horror. They wanted to focus on the gore. So the comedy was there, but they were like, you know, we want to focus on the gore. But both of those movies are a lot of fun, especially seeing James Cameron in an early age directing a movie. You know, the spawning of all movies. He gets a sequel to Piranha. So it, it, it's a fun movie. So you should definitely check them all out, Monkey. You know, the original Piranha, Piranha 2, and then Piranha 3D. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, so it, I'm it, not positive. I would have, and I'm, I'm not looking it up right now. I'm just <clears> going on, on memory. I'm pretty sure for Piranha 2, the spawning, uh, James Cameron is still credited as director, but there was something weird. Like he, uh, yeah. he was either like removed yeah. during filming or he took over during filming. Like there was something bizarre. Like it's not, it's not, it's not just Piranha 2, the spawning directed by James Cameron. Uh, he's credited, but there's, I think someone else is credited also. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what the specifics of, but there was some, something weird about it. Yeah. He was brought in. Like he was a journeyman in that movie. Like, they brought him in to direct that movie. There was an original director. I can't remember the name at the moment. But, yeah, he was brought in because they didn't like what the original director was doing. So they wanted to bring him in to see what he can do um, and make this movie. So he was brought in as a journeyman. It wasn't his project. He didn't write it. He didn't really have any input. They just kind of put him in the director's chair and said, you know, let's see what you can do. Um, But that's my recollection of Piranha 2. Uh, He was just kind of brought in to kind of do something that the original director didn't do, um, which happens, you know, from time to time. You see that, you know. Um, it happens all the time. <laughs> it does. You but, know? Then prob- I mean, if you're not- but then probably once James Cameron started getting bigger later, they reprinted the, the, all, all the VHS tapes to say James Cameron brought it to them. And it's interesting you bring that up, Monkey, because Titanic was a big thing that brought that Piranha 2, the spawning, to the surface, um, where a lot of DVDs were being printed back then when Titanic came out. Because they're like, oh, you love Titanic? You love this fucking big motion picture movie? Well, check out his original movie that he did back in the day, Piranha 2, the spawning. So a lot of DVDs were oh, printed see? back then. 
because they, <laughs> you know, a lot of these production companies are like, let's fucking, you know, capitalize, man. Like, he just released one of the biggest movies of the decade, like, you know, Titanic, you know, so let's release his first, you know, quote-unquote movie, the, you know, Piranha 2. So that's how it got a lot of exposure. I know a lot of people back then when I saw Titanic were talking about James Cameron. I'm like, oh, did you hear about this movie, Piranha 2? Like, the spawning? I'm like, yeah, I, I know about that movie. <laughs> like, you know, what a weird movie for him to direct. He's always been about the water. <laughs> you know? And it's true. He, he was always about the water, you know, waiting for, you know, him to do the, uh, you know, documentary about the Ocean Gate. I'm sure he'll release something. Hi, you know, I've been down to Titanic numerous times and the documentary about Ocean Gate. So I'll <laughs> have to see if he does one. <laughs> I'm sure he has some ideas. But then again, he, he's wrapped up in Avatar because I, I heard that I think the next one's going to be in 2025. <laughs> so... Yeah, but again, one. like you were yeah. saying, water. And what was the second one? All water. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, if you can make that money, make it, you know. Um, you know, I have no problem with that. Guy's making big money. He started off small, making big money now. Like even Catherine Bigelow, you know, doing uh, Near Dark and then doing The Hurt Locker, winning an Oscar for it. <laughs> I remember when she was doing horror movies. It's a weird thing when you see directors kind of make it big, you know, and and get accolades that they deserve and starting off small in the horror genre, you know, you always appreciate it. Um, But as we close out, of course, the ghoul was not here tonight to talk about Piranha 3 Double D, but he'll be back next week. This is Film Pick of the Week, and we're going to be talking about Killing Ground that came out in 2017, directed by Damien Power. Uh, So I have no notes. (laughs) He, he, gave, he gave up the original pick. Notes, I, notes. I know nothing of this film either. Uh, but yes, mm-hmm. that is what we'll be watching uh, next week, um, according to, to to the ghoul. So yes, we'll Killing Ground is located for you. Yeah, if, if you guys are not aware, it is located on. Uh, it is on uh, Tubi. Well, okay, wait. great. Uh, yeah, it's it's on Tubi. Whoops. It is available to watch on on Tubi. So, Killing Ground uh, from 2017. King, you can you can find it online elsewhere. You can find it online elsewhere. I've got it. <laughs> I already have. Yeah, I already did. I did it earlier when he said that was a movie. Okay, I'm already good. Um, but yeah, no, he. he uh, and it's one of those funny things because he had picked a movie that the dean had picked, and I was like, we did that. <laughs> I'm going to try to send the... And, and, the and it was that? a good pick, but we already covered it. The Summer Cam Nightmare. That what? was the ghoul's uh, original and, pick, and I was like, did he pick that? Summer Cam Nightmare. Yeah, I, no, I... That I was your someone, pick. Did, yeah, did you say that the... Yeah. Yes, it was my pick, but and, I, it got, I know it was my pick. What I'm, I got a little cut off. Did you say that the ghoul tried to make that his pick? And you got to tell him I already yes, yeah. did it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he didn't remember. I I had to cut him off. I was like, Dean picked that man. We covered it. It was a good movie. <laughs> oh fuck. Like, All right. You know, I'll be back. <laughs> you know. So I told the ghoul that I will send him a full kind of email about all the movies that we picked from twenty seventeen to now. So he can never make another mistake. Because I was like, dude, we we can't cover another movie like that. We we did it. So Yeah. He's like, yeah, right, I, I, I guess. Well, let's, let's. I guess the ghoul could could remember Dean's big, big beef baloney. <laughs> yes. Uh, fear the record. Fear the record. 
Uh, <laughs> don't forget there was a time. Don't forget there was a time when when I announced my pick, and it was a pick that we had already covered. That was previously one. <laughs> Trivia question of the night: Does anybody remember the title? Nope. No. It was microwave massacre. <laughs> uh, That's right. Microwave fucking massacre, man. Yeah, that was the other one. <laughs> it was done. <laughs> so, I will, yeah, because I, will I, pay, I picked that. That's right. <laughs> no, I that was it. My, it was, no, it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was my. And then I like announced it again, like months later. Was it your pick, monkey? I could have sworn microwave massacre was my pick. It, it was the monkey's pick, yeah. It was definitely the monkey's pick. Oh, all right, all right then. <laughs> yeah, and then it got reannounced, and I'm like, wait a second, we did that one. <laughs> so it happens every now and then. We we get mud brain when it comes to these movies, but I, I promise the ghoul I'll send him a full list of the episodes that we've covered since 2017. I will send it to you, uh, ghoul, uh, ghoul. I will send it to the monkey. I'll send it to the dean. So I'm like the gatekeeper of these fucking movies. I'm like, yeah, we covered that, man. <laughs> I remember we covered it already. <laughs> yep. All right, Zool, the fucking gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am the gatekeeper when it comes to movies. I think we already did it. <laughs> Pick another one. <laughs> That's why I struggle because I'm like, did we cover that? Fuck, we did. All right, moving on. <laughs> and anyway. Um, Monkey, thank you so much for picking tonight's movie pick of the week, Piranha 3 Double D, and we'll see you back here next week for the Ghouls pick. Yeah, and thanks for listening, Fright fans. I'm glad we had a great time covering this with my Fright family, and I hope all of you at home got the big wet as we came in your ears. Good night, everybody. I mean, we had a guy talking about sucking Gary uh, Busey's dick Jeez. at a certain point. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, we had that. Yeah. And then a, then a female saying I want his number. Like, uh, I, I, I honestly, I hate it. That wasn't it, a female. That was no female, man. That was a guy talking like a girl. Then, that was a that guy. Was a you think so? Uh, I don't know. That was a guy. I just, I, I, 100%, so quick, man. I 100%. I, I don't know. I just I hate it, man. Like I, I, I want to have fun on the show. I want to bring callers in, but this is why I don't bring callers in. Because I'm like, yeah, like, oh, I sucked like a dick. I'm like, no, stop it. <laughs> you know, it's fine. But it I was just, it, it was is. in a it was in a bar bathroom on the set of Piranha Two. It was timely and topical, man. If that ever happened, like I believe that fucking guy. I'm like, oh my god, he was an extra. But <clears throat> like, nope. Then I fucked an Asian guy with a tight asshole. Like now nope, he's gone. This guy's not real. God damn it. I wanted him to be fucking real. Well, anyway, all, like you, all you, you crazy motherfuckers out there, you, you keep up with the calls. The king might not like it, but I'm happy to talk to you anytime. <laughs> I have the power of veto, so I can shut him off real quick. So if you start talking about cocaine on dicks and shit like that, I'm going to cut you off. So be real, be fun, but at the same time, yeah, let's keep it fun. Anyway, all right, Dean, thank you so much for playing host tonight. You know, next week we'll be back, so you can just hang back and be a guest, which I'm looking forward to. Return to my to my guestly ways. I think I'll manage though. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Angie G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Piranha Three Double D. 
we'll catch you back here next week for the Gould Film Pick of the Week. As always, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail odorous. Keep watching horror movies. Keep America strong. We'll see you back here next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.